time for another episode of The Epic Narrative. Thanks for coming. Here's my dad, Bob Switzer. All right. Well, I think we are rocking and rolling on this year's Epic Narrative Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It is so good to have you here. Whether you are listening on a regular rhythm or binging, we just want you to enjoy it. We want you to let other people know about it because we just think it's so much fun. Who's we? Who's we, Bob? It's you and me, Bob. You and me, Engineer Bob. You know, we we do think this is good, right? I know you do because you're in my head and uh, we agree on most everything. Just about. Okay. Anyways, don't argue. Don't argue. Don't argue. We're doing the podcast. All right, here we go. So we have dealt with, <laughs> I'm. let me put it this way. I'm going to attempt to kind of finish out creation at least to verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1 today. Uh, so we're going to read a lot of it and just kind of comment our way through it. Uh, we, we have dealt with Genesis 1.1. Where creation comes out of the beginning, this place called the beginning, this spiritual realm called the beginning. We dealt with God, and I, by dealt, I don't mean exhaustively, sweet Lord. There's no way to deal with God exhaustively in one 40-minute session on an epic narrative. But we dealt with God, just his, you know, that he can't create something that doesn't exist within himself. So, Things like formlessness, emptiness, darkness, uh, all this in in verse 2, none of that was bad. Now, I do know, I do know, uh, uh, and I don't think I mentioned this yet. There are those, you know, who read this and say that Lucifer, star of the morning, the, 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 the archangel, who rebelled against God and said, I will lift my throne above the throne of God. I will sit in the heavenlies. Basically, I'm going to take over heaven. He was cast out of heaven. And a lot of people believe that he fell between verse 1 and 2 of Genesis. And so God casts him out of heaven and he landed on earth. And caused all kinds of chaos, or at least landed in the universe of heavens and earth and created all kinds of chaos. And then the Spirit of God came in and basically said, all right, I'm going to correct what just happened. Now, I understand if, I, I do, I do understand the logic of that because because you need a, you need an answer in a lot of ways. Uh, well, some people do, right? They read this and say, why would God create the heavens and the earth in verse 1 and then have all this negative evilness, formlessness, emptiness, darkness? And my answer, and the one I'm asking you to say, what if, what if those things weren't bad? What if they were, what if they were there so that God could record what was going to happen? The Spirit of God was like, you know, I, I picture him like an artist looking at a blank canvas saying, yeah, let there be light because we want to record what's going on. 
and there was light. I don't think it was the sun because I don't think God doesn't know the difference between a great big ball of fire and light. I think he would have said, let there be sun to give light to the earth. I don't think he's just talking about the earth. I just I just don't. Like I, when I read it, it's like there's this is a much bigger concept going on here. And I believe he's talking about the universe. All 380 million light years wide of it and expanding. I think I think that's the number. I don't. I should have looked it up. Anyways. Here we go. So we talked about that this is all good. Why? Because it comes from the character of God. And he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Light day. And, and I do, again, back to there are those who will literally, I think, give their lives over the fact that this is a 24-hour period. And I do not want to take that from you. I don't. If you, if you are there, if you're, you know, from, I don't know, uh, the Creation Institute, or there's another one that's split off from that one, I think. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what it was called, but, uh, anyways, I, I've been to those seminars, so I know that there's, there are passionate people who love God and love Jesus, and they love the Word. And they believe without a shadow of a doubt that this has to be 24 hours. And if you take away the 24-hour period uh, called day, then, then you're going to lose all the foundations of, of your Christian faith will disappear. I've seen their imagery. I've, I've been to their seminars that, you know, that that's why the earth, the world, quote, the world system is, is so anti-creation and and, and pro-evolution is because they're destroying the very foundations of, of Christianity and, of, and of, our, of our belief in God. Now, I don't doubt that the world system is trying to destroy our belief in God. I don't. I don't doubt that at all. Why? Because if we understand who we are and what we were created from, then systems, control systems, become obsolete and they in essence lose their job and people panic when stuff like that happens people in control panic when those under their control realize that they're free to do what they want and what they want to do is be loving and kind and joyful and peaceful because that's who they were created to be and that kind of stuff scares the bejeebies. That's uh, that's an old word, just in case you want to look up the meaning. I, I don't think there is one. I'm not even sure how to spell it. But it scares the bejeebies. <laughs> Sorry, another little side note. My, my wife uses that word a lot. She'll say, oh, you scared the bejeebies out of me. And my kids would, you know, especially as teenagers, they'd be like, somebody find mom's bejeebies. <laughs> they, they, they ran away again. Someone scared the bejeebies out of mom. Somebody help her out. Sorry. It's humorous to me because it was it was my life and I love to live it. Sorry. On with the show. 
So, anyways, the day. I don't. I'm. It's fine. You want it to be 24 hours. It's 24 hours. In the Hebrew, the concept of day is as long as it takes. That's the concept of day. It can be 24 hours. Fine. This is what I want. Whatever you want to believe about that word day, I want it to make God big. Because creation is about God. Not about you. It's about him. It's about his greatness, his love, his light. And any interpretation, we, we went over this last time, any interpretation, theory, concept of of these verses, of any verses in Scripture that take away from the incorruptible, eternal beauty of God's character, that's what you need to question. You need to go back to and say, all right, I might be coming at this wrong because it's what I'm reading is not about him and it's not about it's not about me. It's not about the creation and I'm part of that creation. So my identity is tied into my creator, and that's God. So I know some, some people probably are like, did he just say I'm God? No, I didn't say you were God. You were created in the image of God to reflect God, to, to represent him on this earth in all that he is. On with creation. Look at me. I <laughs> Everything in my head's like, Wow, that's a good, you, you got a sermon coming, Bob. Go, go, go. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is the epic narrative, not Bob preaching. There we go. Although Bob does love to preach, and I know a lot of you put up with it, so I appreciate your constant listening support. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day, the first as long as it takes. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate the water from the water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water over above the vault. And it was so, and he called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. Vault. That's what I know. I'm currently reading out of the NIV. Please do not, you know, freak out. I know some, some people are like, I just know they get very passionate about their versions. I, I print out the, the NIV because it just is easy. So that's what I use. I, I can print out anything. It doesn't matter. The word vault can also mean firmament, which I cannot spell. So I like vault better. Or expanse or extended surface. Now, there are some who say clearly this is talking about earth. And, and, okay, fine. Then there's those who say, well, the, clearly this is talking about the universe. That's very expansive. My point is, fine. Could go either way. Please do not die on this, on this hill. That's a old, another old saying. God said... And let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. Now there are nuances. I'm, I don't. I don't want to freak you out, but Hebrew uh, 
or oratorical oratorical traditions in in the oral tradition of the Hebrew teachings the concept of water can mean different realms so there was waters above waters below this this expanse there were realms all around the universe that's why some people look at this and say this is way bigger than just the earth and there are huge i mean like planet size uh chunks of ice in the universe that form circles i think i believe there's one around the sun it's it's massive chunks of ice water let there be a vault let there be an expanse let there be a heaven between the waters to separate water from water let there be an expanse to separate water under the expanse from water above it yes that could be the sky i get that and i'm not opposed to that i'm just i'm just i just want you in the in the way that we uh, expand and expound on these verses to ask yourself what if what if there's other realms what if there's other spiritual realms what if there's other planets uh in those realms would that be bad would that be scary oh bob what are you saying are there aliens <sighs> let's get into that another day <laughs> And God said, let the water, uh, verse 9, let the water under the sky be gathered in one place, let the dry ground appear, and it was so. And, and I know people are like, see, there you go. That's the earth. And God called the dry ground land, and he gathered the waters, and he called them sea, and God saw that it was good. Awesome. That's awesome. And if it was 24 hours, great. And if it was longer, Fine, whatever it takes, because that's what the word day means. Whatever it takes. But all of this, remember, all of this is coming from light. All of this is coming from the beginning. All of this came out of that place called the beginning. It's not, it's, I just go back to it because I don't want you to start thinking like this is some sort of separate little creation. All of this was already contained in a place called the beginning. And it all come bursting out. All of this is is goes back to the to the rhythms of light, the light rays, the light waves, sorry, that that came from the beginning. The earth, the sky, the waters above, below, and all of this is being recorded by the light. It's it's and and not only recorded by the light, being created by the light. It's it's honestly, I think it's it's way more expansive for me to keep reminding myself of how big this is, of how big God is when this is going on. The word land, you know, it means mass. And the firmament formed under the water that formed from, you know, from the sky, that dry land, that earth. 
It's it's a it's it's an awesome day. Then God said, "Let the land produce vegetation." So the land appears, and He calls it Earth. So you can sit there and go, "Well, see now the Earth appears, and it was good." But where did He where did He form the Earth? He gathered it. He gathered it under this thing called the waters. Under, you know, it's or it could just be the whole thing was about the earth. And he called the dry land land, dry ground land, and he gathered the waters and he called them seas. And it was good. That's the bottom line. It was good. Verse 11, then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees that on the land that bear fruit with the seed in it according to their various kinds, and it was so. And the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds, according to their kinds, and the trees bearing fruit and with the seed, and it was according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, and it was the third day. So after God separated the waters from the waters, and the, and the sky or expanse from the waters, and the waters above and the waters below, and then he gathered together the dry lands, and he put them put them under the waters and he and and put waters on them and separated he did all of that which is awesome and sometimes i pause and i i know i stumble and i'm sure sometimes you're listening going bob come on there's more to it i know there's more and that's what i kind of stumble over sometimes is i've studied this stuff so deeply for so long that i think okay bob you're just you're introducing things you don't have time to explain entire books Weekend seminars, hundreds of hours of teachings at various you know, universities are set around these concepts of creation. I know. And I'm not trying to do all that. We're trying to get to a place where we can start telling the story. But the story of, of this is the beauty of creation and where it came from. And the land appeared and the water was divided out. And the land started to produce vegetation. And I like the idea of something instantaneously appearing. I just do. I'm not saying it had to. I'm just saying I like it. I like the idea of God saying, let there you know, be plants. And there's just plants everywhere. But maybe he didn't. Maybe it took... Maybe, I mean, what, what is time? What is time from the beginning? Where did all these things come from? They came from the beginning. There was no time in the beginning. So who knows how long it took? But whatever it produced, it produced, it produced seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that had been separated from the sea. And, the, and, and they it bared 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 fruit. That is a word, right? It bear, bore, bore fruit. Thank you. It wasn't the engineer in my head. No, it's not bared. So it bore fruit and vegetation according to their kind. And it was everywhere and it covered the earth. This is a beautiful thing. It covered the earth. Please keep this in mind. This is beautiful. And it covered the earth. I say keep it in mind because I will remind you again. When Adam and Eve fall, 
and they're put on the earth, it's not, you know, something that looks like the planet Dune. It's beautiful. And it was evening, and there was morning, and it was the third day. And you say, see, this is 24 hours. Okay. Awesome. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. I'm not going to take that from you. And God said that there'd be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights of the in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth and it was so and then God made two great lights the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night and he also made stars God set them in the vault or the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth to govern the day and tonight and to separate light from darkness and God saw that it was good and it was evening and morning on the fourth day whoa whoa this is crazy let's go through this he created lights in the heavens that's the first thing let there be lights in the in the in the heavens. Let it let vaults, uh, sky, uh, whatever, to separate day from night, and to serve as signs to mark sacred times, days, and years. These are lights, clearly different from the sun and the moon. Trust me, he knows the difference because he makes note of it later. This isn't the stars because he also makes those a little later. So let's not pretend that all of this is just some sort of poetic thing of like, ah, oh, days and nights. What are these lights supposed to do? They mark seasons, sacred times, days, years, not minutes and hours. There are lights to reveal and record events here to mark certain seasons, days or years. They are a sign, not a time marker. I wrote that one down because I it's been a while since I since I wrote that outline. These are these are signs. These lights are signs, not a marker of time. They're not meant to be a marker of time. These are sacred times. These are sacred symbols, sacred sacred lights that God created to mark certain things. In my opinion, this is where the star appeared for Jesus, to mark that sacred time. I know that scientifically there are people who are like, no, this is, you know, this that that star can be found. Uh, Daniel knew it was coming. Da -da 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 -da. They mark it down, and if you do the rotation of the universe, and there was a special bright uh, planet that was close to the Earth at that time, and it shined like a star, and they, you know, they followed it because they knew that this. No, Daniel taught them this: that there are lights that will appear as sacred time markers. And when they saw that sacred light, they recognized it because they had been taught by Daniel to keep an eye out for these things. 
Bob, you're talking astrology. That's how it says witchcraft. No, good grief. I'm talking the universe. I'm talking creation that was created by God. And it was good. And that's the first thing he created on this day. The next thing he said, let, let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth. What? To record what's going on in the earth so that, so that they can show up at the sacred time. And it was so. God made what? Two great lights. The greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. Well, why would he need to do that if he had already just created these lights to mark sacred times, days, and years. Because now he's creating two lights to mark the minutes and the hours. To create a paradigm through which our finite beings could have something of a rhythm that would allow us to feel secure and connected to creation. And then he said, let's also make stars. My point being, he knew the difference. He knew the difference between one or the other. All right, sorry, I just got a phone call from my wife, so I'm not sure where I left off. <laughs> but he knew the difference between the two. He knew the difference between stars. He knew the difference between the sun and the moon, he knew the difference between the sacred, uh, the, the, the lights that would mark sacred times and days and years. And I believe he created them all. And so, yes, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think we should be scared about studying the stars or understand the rhythm that those stars create in the universe, because I believe they all came from God and they're all good. Now, has astronomy and astrology been hijacked and and used as a distraction, almost creating uh, in some well, in some cases, a religion. Yeah, absolutely. But honestly, let's let's be. I mean, from my perspective, there's a lot of churches, quote evangelical churches, that have created a religion that actually takes people from God, takes people from their Creator, takes people out of their identity. And yes, astronomy can do that, and astrology can do that. And all of this can be twisted, absolutely. But let's not forget God created it, and it was good. And God set them in the vault, the expanse, the heavens of the sky, and it gave, to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, to separate light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. Now, why are those things, why are those things mentioned separately? The sun and the moon govern the day and the night, the hours the minutes, the seconds, and to separate light from darkness. This goes back to the original light. There, there are multiple lights that were created here. And when God created the first light, let there be light, verse 3, he separated light from the darkness, and that's what he's reminding us. There's, these things are all out there. They're all available for us to pay attention to, and, and they're all good. And God saw that it was good, and it was evening, and there was morning on the fourth as long as it takes, or day. All right. Verse 20, and God said, 
Let the water teem with living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth, across the vault, the expanse of the sky. So God created great creatures of the sea, and every living thing that was in the water teems that moved and and that moves about in it. Sorry, I'm not reading it clearly. Which the water teems and the and the moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and He blessed them, and He said, "Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth." So this is uh, this is. Well, this is day five, right? And God, well, we'll stop there. So so here we see a, a rhythm. We see a rhythm in that God produced living creatures. Oh, sorry, this is day four. God created, yeah, living creatures in the sea and on earth. Well, technically in the sky on earth. He gets to the rest of the earth later. In the sky and in the ocean. What I just want to pick up from this is another rhythm of heaven. Okay, another another characteristic that comes out of the beginning. And that is the, the characteristic of multiplication. It's not a new new thing. I know many many have preached on it, right? He creates the land uh, vegetation with seeds to re reproduce after its own kind. He creates the oceans teeming with all kinds of living creatures. And he says, you know, re reproduce after your kind. He creates the sky, just fills the sky with all kinds of birds. And he says, reproduce after your, your own kind. This is, this is something that God wants. He wants his creation to reproduce after its kind. He wants a rhythm of reproduction. It is an essence of God's creation that he, the, the things he creates are things that recreate, that continue the process. It's, a, it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. It's something we're called to do. You can say, well, what, you know, what, what, what if I don't want to have children? I'm not saying that this is a requirement that you have children. That's not what I, no. I'm saying it's a, it's a, it's a natural uh, connection back to cre our Creator. God loves loves to see things multiply because the things that He creates are good, and the things that He sets in motion are good, and He wants to see it continue. You know, there's some sometimes people will will you know create a they'll create a ministry. That basically ends. And I feel bad about that. Because I think we're created to move things on for multiple generations. I think that's a yeah, that's a characteristic of God's kingdom. And sometimes, you know, the, the way that that gets done can be can be different. But occasionally, you know, somebody will start something and be like, hmm. I don't want to pass it on. And I think that's counterintuitive to the way God created us. I'm not saying it's sinful. I'm just I just think it's counterintuitive to the to creation. 
All right. Uh, then God said, uh, verse 24, let the lamb produce living creatures. Yeah, living creatures according to their kinds. Livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. So there were no bad animals. There was nothing to be afraid of. Now, there are some animals that I look at and I think, really, you know, not a big fan of the way that one looks or the way that one feels. You know, spiders are one that I know bother people. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, I can kill spiders, but there's some that, hmm, I will back down. And snakes, I, there are some that are, you know, the like the ones that I recognize, like the gardener snake I can handle. They're usually kind of small and and easy to grab and and don't really have any teeth, but there's some that I'm not a big fan of. No, not. Mm, mm -mm. And I've seen some animals that are like huge. I remember the first time I saw a live moose. Now I'd heard that they were big, but we were driving a car and this moose, <laughs> I don't know where he came from. This was in Western Massachusetts. We're on this road and this moose walks by or walk, he's walking down the street. We just come to a stop. This moose literally could have just stepped over my car. Like it was so big. It could have stepped over my car and not really even broke stride. It was huge. It was so big. And I've, I've seen the same thing with, uh, you know, bison. Bison are massive animals and they run in herds. Like, no wonder, like, I can't, I talk about being stampeded. Cows are so, you know, I don't know why, cows are just, they seem to, sweet to me. But you put me in a large crowd of cows and I, it, it becomes painfully obvious to me that I'm the weakest one in the group. And if they wanted to, they could just crush me. No, you know, I don't think a cow would. They're just so, you know, they're so cute. And they got that soft nose and they're, ears are so and they're big brown their cows are great birds i don't i'm trying to think now are there any birds i don't like i don't think so i'm not a big fan of vultures uh they're just kind of ugly and you know there's some bird songs that i think are kind of screechy and yikes but generally speaking i'm good with creation I'm good with the livestock. So there he was. All the livestock are done. All kinds of creatures, bugs, critters, ground things, flying, well, not, yeah, flying things, uh, eating, things you can eat, all that stuff. It's all there. They're all happy. And what do they all do? They're all reproducing after their own kind. And there was a light that was recording all of this. And all of these things came from the light. All of these things were contained in this realm of the beginning. All of these things reflect their creator who is eternal, 
uh, incorruptible, pure, love, hope, joy, like he's all of those things. And all of creation points back to God. So regardless of your interpretation, regarding even, even if it's your passion of creation and what it has to be in order for the foundations of earth and Christianity to not be questioned, I want you to see that, that it has to point back to God. It has to point back to his loving kindness, to his light, because of, of where it came from. And any part of his creation that you look at and you see evil or you see, you know, that whole thing of the formlessness and darkness and, and, and that sort of thing, it's not him. It can't be him. Did the devil get, you know, did Lucifer, did, did he cause trouble in verse 2? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I kind of doubt it. I don't think that was him because I don't see anything. I don't see anything evil there. I see easy words that, you know, I can point at and say, see, clearly this is what God's talking about. But I don't think it's clear. I think it's something we need to be careful of. We need to enjoy the conversation around it. Because that is the great thing about an epic narrative is you get to talk about it. Any good story, right? Any good story you enjoy talking about because there's aspects to the story that you adhere to and others might not. You can get people going on the Lord of the Rings. You can get people going on the Scarlet Letter. You can get any good story. Pick a Star Wars, Star Trek, um, Harry Potter. There's... There's any number of them. My goodness. The interpretation and is designed to be interactive so that you are drawn to its creator. Please, whatever you do, don't separate, but be unified in the light of creation. And that's it for today on the Epic Narrative. I will see you again very soon. Don't miss out. Oh, because what happens next is very important to you personally. <laughs>
which I just found out the other day, they like purposely blow up after after five years after production. So all this time I thought, man, I, I got a you know pretty good little gig going. It's basically like a tablet with a time with a time tablet, time lap on it. And then and, and, and after so much time it just says we're not working. So at least they're honest about it. Anyway, on with more thoughts. So episode three. We're looking at creation. We kind of we kind of uh, jumped on it, went through a bunch of days, um, set ourselves up for the creation of, of man. But but I wanted to hit on a couple things, uh, and I, I know I hit them. I, I want to hit on them again here in my thoughts that nothing was bad in creation. So even if you think that Satan was cast out of heaven between verses one and two. We have to look at that and say, then this, then if if you believe that, and I kind of harp on it because that's what I believed for years, right? That's what I was taught to believe for years because nobody taught me how to actually rip apart the words and see that there's more than one way to translate them. It was just like, trust us, we know what's right, which is the whole point of like denominationalism and religion and, and politics. It's all about control. And and channeling, you know, making sure everybody's on the same page. If we frame everything, then we'll be unified. If we get everybody on the same page, then we'll all know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Ay ay ay. Sorry, did I? I kind of went off a little bit on that, but but it's that that's where this all comes from. Uh, uh, some of the things that I I tend to run down, and and here I am again. So for years, I was not given the opportunity to really uh, interact with Scripture. I was basically told, just memorize it. This is what happened. Uh, the devil, you know, Lucifer was cast down between verses 1 and 2, and then we have another creation, uh, an, uh, a recreation. Or some say, some would say, well, God created everything, and then God cast him out. And then we have a bunch of verses breaking down the creation in smaller points, but it was already done in verse one because, um, well, because that's what, that's what they believe, which is again, fine. And I'm not here to change those beliefs. I'm just here to say, what if, what if there's more than one way of looking at this? Can we talk about it? Can we talk about it and not be threatened? I remember, uh, I don't know what it was about me, but intuitively I, as a child, and I know this was as a child because I watched the original Star Trek. And in watching the original Star Trek, I used to wonder, like, like to me, that the point, right, there, there was Gene Roddenberry was clearly not a Christian, or at least the writings, uh, writers of Star Trek, right? They were, they, were, they were producing what I would call um, humanistic philosophy. And I, I intuitively, as a child, used to think, if, if, what I believe about God can't handle this. Like if I if I have to get upset at Star Trek because they wrote something, and I'm a child, I'm like, you know, eight years old putting this together in my head, then I don't have a good God, like I don't have a good theology. I don't have a good belief system. Like I need to be able to watch this and not be threatened by it. And I challenge you to do the same thing with the with the translations of the words used in creation. Don't get don't don't get so defensive. Be able to say, "All right, yes, you can look at it more. You yes, you can legitimately translate words different ways." 
So this is why I take this translation. This is what I, I'm passionate about. But let me hear why you don't think that's a good translation. Why, why you would take a different route. And, and what if there's things that, that we really just can't explain? Now, I do think I, in, in a future episode, we talk a little bit more about aliens. I don't see how they're a threat, like the concept, like just to talk about it. I'm not saying that they, I don't know. Well, I guess I don't know what they look like. I really don't. The most, I would say those who believe in them consistently kind of paint them, draw pictures of them looking like lizards. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it is fun to talk about. And it's fun to talk to about, it's fun to talk to people who really believe it. And, and sometimes it, it's just funny to talk to them too, because sometimes they, that's just funny. But it's not bad. I'm not threatened by it. I don't have to be right. Being right is one of those dividing things. I don't think, when you think about the life of Jesus, if anyone had the, had the, the, the opportunity to demand that they be seen as right, it would be Jesus. And what did he do? He didn't do it. What, but what he did do was he created around him an environment where every politician and every religious leader was threatened. Why? Because he allowed for people to interact with his father, to interact with God from a place of relationship, not a place of theology. That's, that is like intense. That's what got the religious people so upset. He's, he's releasing people to interact with God as though God, you know, it doesn't care about their theology. And God does it. Jesus taught us that. As though God, God doesn't care about their behavior. And he doesn't. And Jesus taught us that. Religious leaders freak out over stuff like that. Politicians do not want you to think that you are free. They want you to feel like freedom is a privilege that they release to you. And I'm talking about both religious leaders and politicians. We'll give you the privilege to behave a certain way. We'll give you privilege to spend your money a certain way. We'll give you privilege to uh, come or go a certain at certain times based on your behavior, whatever that might be. That is not Jesus, and that's what was so threatening to, to the religious leaders and ultimately the politicians. They were like, listen, like our hands are tied. We, we're working with the religious leaders. You really ticked them off, so I guess we're going to kill you. Like the life of Jesus meant nothing. It was, it was an opportunity. It was a power play, a political power play on, on behalf of the political leaders to earn sway with the religious leaders. They were all playing the same game. And Jesus taught us that. And I have no idea why we ran down that trail on a particular Bob Thoughts, but we did. Jesus is God. And when it comes to creation, your understanding of who he is really matters. And if you can't have a discussion about something you believe in without being threatened, then uh, you need to reconsider your position. <laughs> <laughs> and understand why you're threatened. Why is it that important that everybody agree with you, that discussion not take place, that, 
Like, and, and can I just say, can I just say on my program, there are lots of people who claim to be open for discussion, but really what they're open for is they're open to listen to you and then tell you what to believe, right? <laughs> How many parents do that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, well, now that you're done, let me tell you what you're going to do. <laughs> oh, man, leaders love that role. Leaders, teachers, coaches, preachers, teachers, ministry leaders, politicians, everybody's like, oh, I li- I'm a good listener. I, I am open for discussion and debate up until, you know, the end of the meeting when I will tell you what the, you know, what has already been decided. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All right. Hey, you guys have a great day today. Bob Thoughts. I'll see you at the next episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast on any platform you use. You can also reach out to Bob for questions or booking at thebobswitzer.com or email him at thebobswitzer at gmail.com. See you next week, guys.